0: This Brooklyn Paper Radio clip is brought to you... Whoa, whoa, hold on a second, Vince. If you want to advertise on this clip, you've got to call Ralph D'Onofrio of Brooklyn Paper Radio at 718-260-2510.
1: Yeah, go in there, do what you got to do. We're going to bring
0: on Linda Sarsa. Oh, Sarsar's great because she's a Muslim-American who engages always in reasonable discourse, and if I'm not mistaken... She's run for counsel, or she is running for counsel? There is,
1: there is the possibility that she's going to run for counsel. It's certainly the rumors are out there. She hasn't actually said that she was going to do so. But she is the executive director of the Arab American Association of New York, and uh, we're going to give her Let's call. Let's get her on the phone. Yeah, Johnny, just make sure you lower this because this is a private line. Yeah, and, and people
0: don't like having their call their phone called all night long, as I was, Johnny, after the um, gun story I did a couple of weeks ago. Man, they were calling me all the freaking time.
1: I saw that. Yeah, oh, thanks, Johnny. A lot of hate on Twitter. You, you, a lot of hate. You people were the, hate. You were the most hated man in America.
0: Yeah, I think I've, it's calmed down a little bit.
1: Okay, right let's see well
0: let's see if she answers
1: let's see i'm always nervous when this happens i know i am too is that going to kick in do we have it now we have it you want to talk why don't you do the talking you're good at that No, you do the talking it's your no, story you do the talking okay. hello hello i'm trying to reach linda
0: speaking linda this is gersh cotsman from the brooklyn paper radio along with vince Dimaselli. how are you
2: I'm great. How are you guys?
0: Great to hear the sound of your voice. Now, Vince and I are so excited to have you on the show because we were just saying you always engage in reasonable discourse. We can talk about any topic with you, and
1: you always put it in perspective for us.
2: I'll
0: try my best. <laughs>
1: there you go. Well, Vince, why don't you start it off? All right. So you're you're familiar with the story that ran in uh, Brooklyn Paper this week? Uh, I sure am. I sure am, Vince. It was a great story. Okay, and we had lots of lots of comments on it, and you know, as uh, I was not. as I was telling the listeners before, you know, some stuff was hateful and stuff, but I thought there was a lot of reasonable discourse here, and that's what we that's what we, was so interesting to me that. We, you know, th- we put this out there, and people were, were talking about it. It's the most popular thing on our website. But tell us what you thought about the story.
2: I thought it was a very well-written story. I was very proud to see a young American Muslim woman, entrepreneur, um, kind of following her dreams and showing what it means to open her own business and, and support her family. It was a really great story.
0: Well, you know, we already talked about how Dennis Lynch is a rising star in journalism. But more importantly, I like the idea of entrepreneurship because, as you know, Vince is a conservative. And I (laughs) like the idea of Muslim Americans doing what they're here to do, which is be Americans and be Muslim. I think it's cool.
2: I mean, we're also known to be a community. And as you know, many of us are concentrated in South Brooklyn, Southwest Brooklyn, which is Sunset Park, Bay Ridge, Diker Heights, Fentonhurst. And we're really the heart right now of the business district. I mean, we are an uh, entrepreneurial community. We are opening all the closed storefronts with different mm-hmm. types of businesses and really contributing financially. To, to, the, to the to our area, so um, entrepreneurship is actually something that many Arab Americans and people who are children of immigrants brought with them from the Middle East.
0: Well, this is because the immigrant experience ennobles America, makes America great again. It's immigration. We, I don't, we don't know all about the "Make America Great Again" well, reference there. Brother. Well, the, no, to I'm to saying it, it, if you really no want, intended. if you really want to make America great again, you bring immigrants in, and they revitalize communities left and right. I see it everywhere. But let's talk a little bit about the clothing, because now this is modest clothing. I think the name of the company is. What did you say? The name of the company was Urban Modesty. Urban Modesty. Great, great idea, but who's it for, really? It's not because I'm, I'm not a modest guy. I'm not going to wear that.
2: <laughs> well, it's actually, and believe it or not, um, you know, obviously Sherry Han really was focusing on being um, and creating a line for Muslim women, modest women, potentially Orthodox Jewish women, and other women who want to choose to wear modest clothing. Um, if you look at the new trends um, from BCBGs to Armani and others, they're actually been putting out a lot of uh, modest wear catering to an industry, um, or catering to a, a consumer audience like Muslims. There was a report that I read le- recently last year that said that Muslims were in the top five groups of untapped consumers mm-hmm. in the country at a, bringing in about in the billions of dollars. So Sherry Han's a smart businesswoman. And if you looked at her line, I mean, it's very contemporary modest clothing, you know, long flower print dresses. Uh, and, and honestly, you know, what's really interesting about some of the commentary that I saw, it was this idea of, like, the subjugation of women. Mm-hmm. You know, women are oppressed because they have to wear a long sleeve. And what always gets me about that, guys, is I live in America. I should probably be able to wear whatever I want. If I wanted to go out in a miniskirt, I think I should be all right. If I went out wearing... Uh, you know long sleeve shirt and some jeans I should be alright if I if I if I wanted to wear a niqab which some Muslim women wear which is to cover my face and only show my eyes I should be able to do that it's the United States of America and the idea here is that we have the right to wear whatever we want including Muslim women have the right to wear whatever we want and she's actually doing really well and if you don't like her clothing, we also live in a country where you don't got to buy her clothing. Right. So I was just really uh, – it always it, it always boggles my mind why people get so obsessed with what we wear, right, when right. the idea is we live in a country where we can actually wear whatever we want.
0: Well, I think a lot of people, small-minded people, Linda, would say, well, they're worried that there's some sort of slippery slope that, like in France or in some countries where – there's uh, actual laws about this, and b- because Americans get all squishy when it's like, whoa uh, is a law? Lo- is someone going to pass a law that says A, B, or C?" They get all nervous. That's obviously not happening here.
2: No, absolutely not. I mean, one of the things I always talk about, and I've spoken about the difference between West, the democracy we have in the United States and we have in places like France, where people say it's also a democracy. Is actually, you know, there in France, for example, you can't be a woman that wears a hijab like me and work for government, right? Or even go to university but you can do that here in the united states and i always ask people uh to understand that when i wear hijab and you guys know me very well no one tell no one no one's telling me what to do right, right? i'm a very uh independent person i got a lot of things to say and i say it i don't care
0: i mean um, you you wear what you no want to says, wear you want you yeah, wear what no you want to wear i mean
2: no one's telling me to cover my hair no no father no imam no mosque no no
0: so why no do you do without. it So, yeah. so why do you do it <laughs>
2: Me personally, I mean, I t- my, my journey to hijab came, you know, as an as, as uh, when I was 20 years old. I mean, I grew up, uh, actually born and raised in Sunset Park. I went to public school my whole life. You know, when I was in school, I was a fair-skinned, dark-haired. People thought I was Puerto Rican. They thought I was Italian. They thought I was Russian. They thought I was everything that I was not. And my, um, you know, one of the things for me was, like, I was really connected to my identity, And one day, my mom's friend went to pilgrimage in Mecca, and she came back with a suitcase full of hijabs. And I tried one on just kind of like as a joke, like, let me see how this would look, and I put it on, and I felt like, wow, maybe when people see me, maybe they won't know I'm Palestinian, maybe they won't know I'm Arab, but guess what? They're going to know I'm Muslim. And it was really, for me, connected me to an identity, and that was a part of me that was on the inside, but that people can see on the outside. And it really made me feel like a whole person. Um, I feel much more well-respected. Um, in many circles, with my hijab, especially amongst, um, sometimes within the Muslim community um, as well. So, so for me, um, it's also about modesty. You should be able to respect me for my character, for my, for who I am, and not for how I look, right? And the idea around hijab is really to be able to really, um, you know, kind of be Judged by the content of their character, and, by, and, and not by the way they look. So, but I, what we also, but I also as a Muslim American woman, I respect women's choice to wear bikinis if they want to. You're like this is just why a lot of you know Muslims and Arab Americans and, and Arab immigrants come to the United States because you could be, I could be walking in the street with my friend wearing a tube top, but I'm wearing you know long sleeve and jeans, and that's the beauty of our country.
1: So the hijab to you is basically it was kind of empowering to you when you put it on.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, I don't think it takes away from who I am. I mean, I'm a, I'm an activist, and I'm outspoken, I'm a social worker, I run a nonprofit organization, I, I travel around the world. Like, it, it has not hindered anything that I want to do. This piece, of, piece of fabric that I'm wearing on my head, it doesn't, it doesn't impact me or take away from me. And I don't think it takes away from anything else that other people around me. I think it actually adds to a lot of conversation. I've been to many spaces where people say, "Hey, can I ask you a question?" why do you wear that Mm -hmm. you know who are muslims like were you born here why do you speak english so well and i get to tell someone well actually i was born and raised in brooklyn it really is a conversation starter and for me um it it allows people to see me and say okay so she's you know she's muslim but we get to go ask her questions and it, it gives me a piece of identity that if i wasn't wearing it you really wouldn't know who you know you wouldn't know anything about me or who i was and now at least you know that i'm muslim and that gives me some sort of it just makes me feel good inside that, that people are uh, – if you approach me in the street, you already know I'm Muslim, and you still chose to approach me and talk to me, and that really means a lot.
0: I mean, I guess, I guess it gets back to everybody's definition of America. For hundreds of years, we were the melting pot. Everybody had to melt into becoming what somebody thought was American. Now we're really thinking about it, New York especially as the gorgeous mosaic that David Dinkins used to talk about. And people can have that identity, that personal identity. I'm all for it, but here's my question – Mm-hmm. This, this, um, you know, we're on the topic of kind of faith and issues of, of custom. This, this, this garment that you're wearing—that's not necessarily in the rules of, of, of Islam. It's more of a cultural thing, isn't it?
2: No, actually, it's, there's no rules about it. Um, it, hijab is, is talked about in the in our holy book as uh, as, as a veil. It also mm-hmm. is talked about when you read the life of our beloved prophet Muhammad peace be upon him but it's but the, what people miss about it is that it's a choice every mm-hmm, time it mm-hmm. is discussed it is the woman's will and choice for her to wear it as a matter of fact it, it negates the purpose of wearing it if you are forced to wear it there you go and that's where people and that's where people you know you know how it is people read stuff out of context right they'll pull out a, they'll put out pull out like a verse from the Bible and say see the Bible says you you know we stone women and you know all gays are going to hell and they take out like things out of context and the same thing happens with the holy book of the Muslims, which is the People find one thing, they pull it out and say, see,
1: their mm-hmm. religion
2: supports violence. Their religion supports this, taking stuff completely um, out of context. And I, and I always tell people, you know, that there are millions and millions of Muslim women ar- around the world who are scholars, who are academics, who are doctors, who are lawyers. Be honest with you, we're you know, we're talking about a U.S. election 2016, and we're all like, wow, we might have the first woman president in the United States. There are some Muslim countries that have been way farther ahead from us. We've had prime minister women, you know, countries like uh, you know, uh, Pakistan, um, you know, some of the uh, uh, Eastern European Muslim countries have had women, you know, Turkey, even even for God's sake, Saudi Arabia, not God, for God's sake, Saudi Arabia has women in their parliament, like. So I always tell people, don't take things out of context. Look at our community in its entirety. And you know this, guys, every group of people has Horrible people, and we got our we got our share, right? So I mean,
0: present that's, company that's, excluded, obviously.
2: <laughs> oh, let, oh, trust me, let me tell you. But I think I think just giving you know when we when I think about you know um, you talked about this like America's a melting pot, whatever. And I always tell people things that there's a lot of things we don't learn here in this country. What I always tell people is that Muslims in particular and Islam. I mean, we've been on the shores of the United States of America before it was the United States of America. I did research on Islam in America, and I found out that about. 300 galley slaves came from North Africa. They were Turks and Moors. And they actually helped build the first English colony called Roanoke Colony that's now the coast of North Carolina. And then you know this, decades later, you know, millions of enslaved Africans were brought here, and about 30% of those enslaved Africans were Muslim. Mm-hmm. And they actually practiced Islam in hiding, which allowed for them to be generations and generations later of Muslims like me who could practice Islam because somebody before me practiced Islam in this country 400 years ago? So people don't understand the, how deeply rooted Islam in America is. Thomas Jefferson uh, had a Quran, and you saw, you know, it's being held at the Library of Congress, like it's in the museum Like Islam has been here. And I, when people tell me, you know, things like "Go back to your country," it's really, it's actually ch- makes me chuckle every time. And I, I say to my pe- people, I said, unless, unless Brooklyn is a country and we can make Brooklyn its own country, I said, my country that i'm going back to is brooklyn i
0: like and what you're saying
2: that people want to otherize islam as if it's some like some religion that belongs on some other part of the world and the the irony is we celebrate people like muhammad ali and everyone was like putting up his quotes and talking about what a hero he was you know he was a muslim like this is this is this is this is the this is the man that we, we 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 talk about you know athletes in this country doctors dr oz there's actors and people that we love you know and, and watch on TV, and people that are in our community, you know this from Bay Ridge, about 25% of doctors in the Bay Ridge area are, are Arab, and people of Arab descent. I mean, are Muslim.
0: I, I gotta say, Vince, we gotta have Linda Sarsour tell the American story as a regular feature. Linda Sarsour's American <laughs> story, because it all, coming out of your mouth, it sounds fantastic. It's like, I wish we could all get along.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, listen, I, um, you know, tell people all the time that, you know, Everybody has a story, and if we all sat down and I said, and I sat you down, Vince, and I said, "Hey, what's your story? What's your who who came here? How did you get here?" You know, you're telling my great great grandfather. Well, people don't. Understand it would have something to have, do. With,
1: it would have something to do with meatballs. There'd be a lot of meatballs involved. Hey, I'm is... all
2: about. I'm all. I'm all about the meatballs. Let me tell you. The other thing that I love, by the way, about our neighborhood, particularly where I live in Bay Ridge, is that you can have some of the most authentic Italian food, the most ethnic Middle Eastern food. Asian food, you name it, you can have it in our neighborhood. And I wish it, it's really the food. Our food is a, a is a uniter for sure. Even even the people who hate me the most, I'll see them on a Friday night sitting in a Middle Eastern restaurant. I would look. I would want to just go up to them and say, "People, if you hate me, why are you eating my people's food?" But of course, I don't do that. But nobody ha- exactly who
0: hates course. you, nobody hates you.
2: I don't know about hate, but I have a lot of hate's you know, a strong word. What do, what, what do we call those folks? I don't mind it. I think it, I think that if I'm I mean as you probably know, I am a, a, a center of many controversies um, as a someone who, you know, kind of or at least I believe, you know, I speak my own story, my own truth, my own opinions and I and I was and I always think, wow, I'm supposed to live in the United States. I thought I was allowed to do all this.
0: I think um, I think you these things, but you less than you don't drink hate or aid. You do not drink hate or aid. I, that, so I, I definitely
2: that. don't I, I see it but I don't yeah. drink
0: it. All right. Listen, we got la- to ask you the last question because we got to get out. And we always let our guests p- pitch whatever they want, but I have a specific one. Are you going to run for office at some point? Come on, Linda.
2: I mean, a lot of people think I'm a lot older than they than uh, a lot older than I actually am. You know, look, I don't know. I mean, I, a few years ago, I thought about it because I was looking around. And I said nobody looks like me. I think 2017 is is a very interesting year for our community. Um, if it ain't me, it's definitely going to be somebody from our community. I mean, as you probably saw in the past two years, I went national. I've been doing a lot of work, um, around the country, mm-hmm. uh, in, in many different states, um, you know, and, and, and just kind of my trajectory changed a little bit, but I, I have to look at the field. I got to see who's in there, who's going in, and then our community is having our own personal conversation. So I'm not confirming that I'm running, but I'm also, uh, not sure that i want to do it well, right that's now but a, that's I'm not,
0: that's neither not confirm nor deny yeah
2: <laughs> nor confirm nor deny All but, right. but i will i will confirm this. someone who is arab american is definitely running in 2017 that is a fact that, that that i can com- confirm as a fact and so that's, for that's for the
1: that's for really the the council seat in Bay Ridge we're talking about
2: yes it's an open seat and yeah. I, mm-hmm. i'm sure many great qualified people are going to jump on in that race so it's going to be a big field and we're going to have a very exciting
0: 2017 across the city. Well, we'll see about thank that. You if you run, maybe. If you run. Anyway, with Linda, we got to get out. But I want to thank you for your um, reasonable you, discourse, thank as always. Telling the American story to Vincent Gersh and all the Brooklyn Paper radio listeners. Linda Sarsour from down in Bay Ridge. Linda, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend.
0: All right. You
1: take there care of yourself. Goes. Now, listen, guys. we got to pay some bills. Yeah, we do.